Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, staff and parents to find out what it's really like. Every week we'll be talking to one of the members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. And today we're heading to the England cricket team to talk to Phil Scott, also an old boy from Hobridge School. Phil talks to us about his memories of Hobridge School, how the school shaped his sporting career and prepared him for university and beyond. Tracy Clark Sullivan takes us into that conversation. So come with us as we step inside now. Well, today we're meeting one of Hobridge School's alumni, and to do so, we're heading off to the world of the England cricket team to meet Phil Scott. Hello, Phil. Hello, Tracy. Now, can you remember back? When were you at Hobridge School? I know when I left. So I left in 1999. Right. And I, I was at the trees prior to that as well. So I, I had a good... 13 years I guess around the school so working back from there really uh, so I had a good stint. Right I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back what do you remember what first comes to mind when we talk about Hobridge School? First thing really is friends and and the fields and being out there whether it was a playtime or in sports time particularly just being out there and running around and having a lot of fun and being given a lot of opportunities. Do you ever have any senses I mean do you smell school do you see school what what do you actually feel? grass as soon as the grass is cut it it takes me back to to being nine and that that first time I moved up from what was the trees into Hobridge and that first summer was just glorious uh, and having all that space and I say the opportunity to do what what we did and the smell of that gr- cut grass every single time gets me I'm sensing it was a good experience yeah I was fortunate yes yeah it was a good experience and throughout my school life I've been very fortunate to have Good people, I guess good teachers around me and I look back on my school time very, very fondly. Now I know you reached the top, you became head boy in your final year. Do you think that has an effect on your your future life? Has it affected what you've done? In the moment I think these these things are quite scary to do and you don't really know what it's doing for you but I think looking back when I moved pretty much immediately to St John's which was my next school in Leatherhead and and even beyond it, it gave me a lot of confidence. You're put in certain situations that I guess a 12 and 13 year old you don't really want to, which is maybe some public speaking or some responsibilities or having to organise certain things, which is a bit alien at, at that point. Um, but it, it really sets you, or well, that, that experience definitely set me up. It put me in those, I guess, uncomfortable situations that you, uh, you learn from and you grow from. And, and when there were situations going forward um, that maybe some people were less comfortable with, I, I'd already had that experience in a way, through through being a being a head boy at Hobridge, so I was, you know, again, really lucky and it was a really good experience. Did you have to be voted for? Were you chosen? Did you think you were going to be head boy? It was. It was. Uh, did I think? No. I, th- I guess you hoped. Maybe it was a vote. It was always going to be contentious because my dad was deputy headmaster. Ooh. So that was that was a good. It taught, maybe taught me some politics as well. Yeah. So I, that got thrown my way a couple of times as well. But I guess it's all part of the fun. And yeah, it was. It, it is what it was. Now we talk politics. Oh, did I say politics and England cricket in the same in the same <laughs> breath? I shouldn't say that. But you're now the ECB strength and conditioning coach for the England cricket team. So how did you end up there? So I managed to get to university. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do particularly. I I did know I wanted to go to university and I guess get out of not of the area and, and go somewhere and tried something different. So I ended up at Swansea and I did a sports science degree. Not Still not knowing particularly what I wanted to do. I thought maybe a teacher. I, I, you know, I enjoyed teaching and coaching of some description. And after that degree, I 
I actually contacted another old Hobridge boy, a guy called Matt Church, who was working with Surrey County Cricket Club as their fitness coach. And he let me come in and experience what it was like and, and help him out for a, for a short while. And then from then, I, I, I kind of chased that idea and I did a, a master's and then I got some experience in some different sports and thankfully got a job with a county and then eventually with England. So, yeah, I, I guess I, I followed an idea and, and that is what this is where I've ended up. I wasn't necessarily chasing this exactly. Great place to be. Are you enjoying it? It's a great job. Yeah, I can't lie. It's, I get to kind of travel around the world with the cricket team and keep them fit, run around with them and, yeah, experience some amazing people and places. So, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. Difficult year, though, in the past year, you know, touring and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's been a lot of bubbles, as we call them. Mm. Um, so when we're away, we are locked away. And even when we're home, we are not allowed out of the ground for the for the set period of time. So it's been a bit been a bit different you know you can't just bring your family on tour or, or or pop out you know back home for a couple of days as it has been previously but I you know I you know lucky to have a job in general at the moment and and it's it's still be going going on so I can't I'm not going to complain just yet. So just taking you back to Hobridge you obviously did a lot of sport there do, do you think that that sort of encouraged you and instilled any of the disciplines that you're you're sort of now using currently? I think what well, one thing I look back on uh, from the sports side or Highbridge in general, so many opportunities. And, you know, when you speak to other people, their friends now who didn't necessarily go to a school like Highbridge, the, the opportunities we had on our doorstep and, and I guess still do, and maybe even more, are incredible. So whether it was on the games field or whether it was in the classroom and, you know, the teachers and some of the trips we went on and the facilities we had access to, I guess, yeah, just just thankful for the opportunities. And, and yeah, we to get to play in a team out in the field with a bunch of, you know, it was a really, I had, you know, a great year, and 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 some of the competitions we played in, it, it was it was really good to experience that, and I guess feel, you know, what it's like. Because hmm. you talked about whether you go to university or not. I think a lot of people think about an independent school, and they think it's terribly academic. But but you clearly were were not off put. You weren't sort of pushed into academia. You actually had choices and allowed you to develop. I wasn't. I want. I wasn't particularly academic. I guess I found that side of it quite hard, and. I was supported within the classroom as well with, you know, extra work and extra reading and extra English and things like that, which, again, is, you know, is amazing. So, yeah, either side was uh, yeah, fortunate to, to kind of experience and to, to then set you up. I think it, it, what it did do, whether it was, whether it was um, Hobridge or the secondary school, it, it taught you how to work and how to learn. So when I finally when I got to university and, and you're ind- completely independent on your learning, you had those principles in place. And again, it's probably not in those moments when you're at Hobridge or whether you're at your secondary school, you, you know, a teacher or someone's telling you, this, this is a really good idea to try this or try that. And then suddenly you're on your own at the age of 18, 19, 20, and you've got to, you know, you've got to do it. And those principles from the age of, you know, young to through your teenage years set, set me up at least to, to then be able to do it by myself later on. And I guess having that extra coaching meant that your confidence wasn't dented because so often if you don't do well at school in the sort of academic side, your confidence gets dented and then it affects everything. But, but clearly things were put in place to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah. And, and again, I begrudgingly went to those extra lessons that were put on for me. But the reality is it did help me with, with, my, with my classwork. And, and, and like you said, it, it rolls on from there. So tell me, we'll go back to, to the England cricket because I'm really interested in the England cricket team. <laughs> tell me about your average day. What does it consist of? What do you do? Let's bury ourselves a bit more in that. 
Yeah, there's a few. I guess there's a variety. With with if we're if we've got a match situation or we've got a training day fundamentally, and we've got home and away. So it it really depends which country we're in and what what type of game we're playing. So a training day, the the support staff. That's what we'd be called, um, as opposed to the cricket coaches and the players. The support staff would get in early. We'd set up their all their drinks. We'd set up everything that needs to be on the field. So for, for the for the morning's practice, I am predominantly based. Well, a, a combination of on the field and in the gym with the guys. So once they've done their warm up and we've run them around and got them going, then I'll be in the gym a lot, and and they'll they'll do their lifting and they'll do their sprinting, and then basically it's a, it's a bit like school really the, the end of practice happens everyone goes in for lunch together and then you're free to play in the afternoon if it's a match day we get in much earlier and set everything up so everything's all sorted for the guys so they can come in and just go through their routine and then it, it depends whether in you know England Australia New Zealand are very similar in terms of what, what we have access to but somewhere like you know the variety between South Africa and India and Bangladesh that we go to facilities vary a lot so we have to either you know think on our feet or we have to take a few things to to make sure we've got everything set up for the guys um, but it's fun it's good it's it's always something new there's usually a crowd which makes it quite exciting so yeah it's and and, and you're just on the road a lot as soon as you've played a game you, you move to the next city or you fly drive to the next city and tours and winters can be can be long and fun but yeah it definitely keeps you on your toes it strikes me too that the cricketers these days give an awful lot more credit to the backroom staff. It always used to be, I mean, hey, things have come on anyway, technically, you know, so much more is done. But but you always hear the players, they will refer to the support staff and the backroom staff. That must feel good that they in, that they include you. It's lovely that they include us. I guess compared to 10, 15 years ago, you know, there's so many of us now. We have more backroom staff and coaches security, physio, strength and conditioning, doctors, psychologists, health and well-being, you name it, we've got it. We've got COVID officers now. So there's more, there's more backroom staff than there are players generally on tour now. But, you know, they, it's, it's lovely that they, they mention the support, but yeah, it's not what you necessarily do. It's, I guess it's like being a teacher. You're not waiting for a round of applause at the end of every lesson, are you? You just, you kind of crack on and enjoy it. So similar. And are you, are you still king cricketer yourself? I've not played for years, mostly because I work when I would play. So I don't have a nine to five, so I don't get the chance to play on the weekend. Plus, I don't think my wife would let me disappear for 12 hours on a Saturday anymore. Did you play at Hobridge, though? Did you play at Hobridge School? I, di- I, I did play, yes. But yeah, not, I've not played since I was at university now. So yeah, I, I, my body wouldn't be able to take it these days. <laughs> God, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering whether the teachers, you know, sort of seeing you out on the, the playing fields would ever have guessed what you'd be doing in, in a few years' time. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I didn't. So, I mean, they would have been, they would, would have been a very good guess from them. But, yeah. So, if we were back there now, Hobridge School, with that lovely smell of the grass, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give to a, a group of pupils who are sort of starry eyes looking at you, who, who made it to the, the sort of top of your tree? What advice would you give them to, if they were going to wanting a career in professional sport? Well, generally, actually, let's talk about advice generally, but also how to get into to your particular profession. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was very lucky in the fact that my support network didn't put too much pressure on me to be something in particular. They made sure and I made sure I went out and did something and I got a job, whatever it was. But I, I didn't I, I didn't necessarily know that that's exactly what I wanted to do. So if you have a general area that you're interested in, follow the area and see where it takes you. Don't feel like you need to say, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. You know, there's so many different areas out there to follow these days. And whether it's in computing, whether it's in, 
mathematics, whether it's in sport, you know, medicine, you know, who knows what, especially what new jobs are going to turn up in 10, 15 years time. So, you know, enjoy the area, follow your nose, but don't necessarily put pressure on yourself to think that you have to become a certain thing or a type of person. And getting into your sort of area, into professional sport, are there much more, many more opportunities these days? Yeah, there's loads of us behind the scenes. So there's definitely opportunities. I think one big thing is is kind of getting yourself out there in terms of meeting people who are in that area. So if you are, if you want to be a physio, if you want to be a fitness coach, message, you know, there's so many different ways of contacting people through social media, emails, everything's out there. So give them a message, ask if you could possibly meet for a coffee or a phone call or what's your advice and and just start to get your name out there so if opportunities do come up then they know you rather than they rather than they don't and they they, they know someone else so uh, networking would be the official the official title i guess but getting yourself out there and getting to meet people is would be the big one because if they don't know you then you're either just a piece of paper or or you're not even on their radar so that's the big one Mm. And actually, you talked about right at the very beginning, you talked about friends was one of your greatest memories. And of course, it was a friend who sort of from Highbridge School who propelled you into this particular area. Yeah, he was an old boy. So he wasn't my friend at that time. But it's still that's networking. That's knowing someone from someone and, and, it, and it goes on from there. So, yeah, I used it. I think I was I was a, I wasn't particularly keen on using it first, but then realised you have to. So um... <laughs> The old <laughs> adage of not what you know, but who you know. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. So what's the future for you? The future for me is I'm really enjoying my job. Um, we've had a successful last couple of years with the England team and we've got a big few more, few, few more years coming up, World Cups and, and the like. So I'm not intending necessarily to go anywhere. I'm just going to keep working with England and enjoy my family and try and spend some time at home when I can. Um, that's, the, that's the master plan at the moment. And are your family into sport? My family, are, my wife will support me and my two-year-old loves running around, kicking and, and hitting things. So and I've got some five-week-year-olds as oh, well. Oh, wow. So you have got a family. They, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they don't quite know they're into sport yet, but I'm sure, I'm sure we can persuade them. I'm figuring twins then. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations. You, you're looking very good on it. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. It's delighting, I think, more than anything. <laughs> Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Long, long nights though, and long days by the sounds of it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the bit of time with them will be um, will be lovely. Great. Well, thank you very much indeed, especially for giving your time today. It's been wonderful to catch up with you, and and good luck with the England team. Thank you very much. So that was Phil Scott, member of the England cricket team and one of the school's alumni. Thank you, Phil, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the school, just visit hobridgeschool.co.uk, and the staff will always be happy to help you. And if you haven't followed this channel yet, then now really is the time to do so, because then when each episode is released, you'll just receive a small notification to let you know that it's available. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.